0: so good to be in person again after a year of online speaking into a camera. It's good to see some half faces. Still can't see if you're smiling, but I'm going to trust that you are smiling and excited to be here and excited to hear from God this morning. Okay, this morning I really, I, I do feel like God has put almost like a burden on me to share with you and I am hoping and trusting that God is going to leave you with something today. So it's not so much information that I want you to get, it's, it's more heart that I'm wanting to bring across to you. And so I just wanna pray that God would do that for us this morning. So God, we just commit this service to you, we commit this word to you. Thank you, God, that, um, you know, that you are good, that you're a good father. And Lord, I pray that whatever you have for those sitting here this morning, those watching online or listening later, God, you've, you've got almost a gift that you're wanting To give them and i pray father that you would impart something in their hearts this morning that you would impart almost a burden for prayer on them god so that they can be filled with joy and so that they can make an impact in this world we commit this to you in jesus name amen Yes yeah, so I'm bringing the last installment of our impact series and Jason did mention before that this is not a standalone message or, or series it's actually almost like an intro to to our year because we're wanting to have we're wanting 2021 to be a year of impact and something we try to say often is that we don't attend church we are the church yeah, we don't go to a church service we are the church and so this year as the church we're excited and trusting to see you being the church in your workplaces, in your schools, in your families, with your friends, and actually making an impact this year. So we've entitled this series, Impact Starts With I, because it's when we as individuals go out into the world and make a difference that impact happens. But today I wanna to take it a step further and say, Impact Starts With Prayer. So that's the title of our message, Impact Starts With Prayer because prayer is a catalyst for change. Heck, prayer causes things to change in people, causes situations or people to be impacted for the good. And so in preparing this, I was reading through a bunch of articles and just looking into the history of revival and, um, in the world and, and where you know, different revivals that started. And the one article I read was headed, revival born in a prayer meeting. And it was the story of the Fulton Street prayer meeting. And so um, it was in the early 1850s, 1857, 1858, and industry had just taken all over um, and it was booming. And so people were actually moving away from the metropolitans into um, more suburban areas. And it was the first time that people had to commute um, into their workplaces. And so churches had always been in the metropolitans, but now because people weren't living there, church had actually started church attendance was down quite massively um, and people, you know, because people like to travel. So either the churches had to move to the suburbs, move their buildings, get new buildings, or they had to reach out to um, the immigrants that were living in those areas now. And so this one church in uh, Manhattan, in New York, decided they were gonna rather stay there and actually reach out to the people around them. And there was this guy, Jeremiah Lamphere, he was actually a businessman that had just left his trade and joined the church. And this was now his first assignment. He had to go from door to door, getting people to come back to church, to inviting families. And it was really slow. Maybe he had one or two families that came. And while he was out, he realized that there's this great opportunity, that there's businessmen that are in that area, close to the church building, that all businesses in those days shut down between 12 and, and one for lunch break. And if people actually took lunch, back in the day, imagine. Um, So he was like, well, people are free. Why can't we pray? Why can't we get together at that time? So he started a midweek, midday prayer meeting. And so he made pamphlets and he handed them out everywhere and he invited businessmen to come and pray during their lunch break once a week on a Wednesday at noon. And the beginning was a bit slow. The first day he had six people come and they prayed together and they thought, okay, yeah, let's do this next week again. Next week, they had 14 people. They prayed together and they met again. The next week, they had 20 people. The next week, they had 40 people. And then America actually experienced this great panic where banks started going down and people became desperate for God. And so within a few weeks, this prayer meeting had 3,000 people coming that they had to take over the entire building, create way more space, and they actually changed the prayer meeting to a daily prayer meeting. So they started praying every day at noon and they had thousands, like 3,000 people at a time coming to this prayer meeting, that they eventually had to actually put up signs saying, only pray for five minutes. You guys are only allowed five minutes. Please respect everyone's time. Everyone wants to have a turn. Like, you pray, you leave, the next person comes in. Because there wasn't enough space to accommodate the need. And people were getting saved left, right, and center. Okay, This prayer meeting eventually spread throughout the entire um states through through to the different states people started hearing wow like praise working like something's happening there i need to start a prayer meeting and other people started prayer meetings that then also grew to thousands and thousands of people and eventually it's estimated that over a million people gave their life to jesus th- throughout that year over a million people in a population of 35 million over a million people came to know jesus and experienced his freedom because of a prayer meeting Okay, that 's the power of prayer eventually this um, prayer meeting or this revival actually spread to other countries people were hearing stories and coming to to going over to the states to see what did they do how can they how can they do that here how can our people get what you have and so in in South Africa pastors started hearing these stories too and they started trying to have prayer meetings so they started prayer meetings all over and It didn't quite take off like they wanted it to. They had like three, four people in prayer meetings. And so they decided, okay, let's put on a conference. We need to, you know, that's what churches do when we need to stir passion. We put a conference together, get everyone together. Let's stir up some faith. And they actually got um, some people from the States were actually present there and shared firsthand testimonies of what God had done or what God was doing in people's lives in America. And people got so excited and their faith was stirred because they were like, we want this. Like, we can do this. It's prayer, we all have access to it, let's use it to make an impact. And so from that prayer meeting, more, more prayer meeting, from that conference, more prayer meeting started, it was actually a conference in Worcester, and this one family, a family of farmers, started a prayer meeting on their farm. Okay? So just as a family, they started praying together weekly, and it actually says they, they consistently prayed for, for weeks and months, and then more, eventually the, the staff on the farm actually got saved and they started joining the prayer meeting. And then other people heard about this prayer meeting and they started coming. And eventually this farm had to shut down for three months. Okay? They couldn't actually do any farm work because they had to use all their time to manage the thousands of people that were coming in wanting to get saved. And so they shut down their farm and they spent three months just praying for people, leading people to Jesus. And the pastors eventually were like, what is going on? We need to go look at this farm and see what they're doing. And it eventually spread through the churches and through South Africa. And so South Africa um, had a, a big revival in the 18, 1860s. Because, and it all started from that prayer meeting in New York. And what I love about the story is that it wasn't, it wasn't an organized church prayer meeting. It was people taking ownership, realizing their need and their ability, their privilege of prayer, and actually just praying. So thousands of people gave their lives to Jesus. Churches grew. Families were restored. Do you know that 1,100 schools were started in South Africa because of that revival? Uh, businesses stopped unlawful practices. Work conditions got better. Crime went down. Prisons emptied as people turned back to God. The, the um, Definition of revival, which I really enjoy, like this, the way they put this, is it said, it's, revival is a restoration, rejuvenation, a renewal of interest after spiritual neglect. It's a heartfelt return to God and His commandments. So they started praying, and this is what happened. People realized their need for God, turned their hearts back to God, and things changed. Not just in their lives, but in their world, things changed. So imagine the impact on the world if every believer aspired to a life of prayer. Imagine, imagine what our schools could look like, what our um, varsities could look like, what our workplaces could look like, what our families could look like. Imagine what our marriages could look like if we all aspire to a life of prayer. And so that brings me to my first point today, which is mountains move when Christians pray. Prayer is powerful and I honestly believe that the greatest impact that we're going to make in this world is going to, be, is going to start with our prayers. Okay? Prayers praise our primary means of seeing God work in others' lives. If we want to see God work in our children's lives, in our partners' lives, in our colleagues' lives, like prayer is our primary means of seeing that work happen in people's lives. It's our, our means of plugging into God's power. That's how we plug into God's power, by connecting with His heart, by praying, Um, And it's our only means of defeating Satan and his army, which we are powerless to overcome on our own. In James 5, verse 16 to 18, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Okay, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces results. Then he goes on to say, Elijah was as human as we are, yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again. The skies sent down rain, and the earth began to yield crops again. He's saying Elijah was flesh and blood like you and I, but when he prayed, mountains moved. Okay, rain stopped. You can read in Acts where Paul and Silas were praying in the prison, and it literally caused an earthquake which opened the prison doors, okay? Talk about earth-shattering prayers. Um, Joshua prayed when he was in battle. They needed more time, so he prayed that God would stop stop the day, pause, put hold on, and the sun actually stood still so that they could win the battle. Okay, prayer is powerful. If you read in Matthew, Jesus says that if you only have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, get up and it will be thrown into the sea. Okay, just, just that little bit of faith, that little bit of trust. When we're praying earnestly, sincerely before God, mountains move. Many years ago, I heard this um, sermon about prayer that actually changed my entire approach to prayer. It's shifted something and that picture has stayed with me forever since then. Um, and I actually think about it often when I'm praying. And it's this it was the, the story of um, when, Israel, when the Israelites defeated the Amalekites. So you find it in Exodus 17. And Joshua is fighting this battle in this valley, but Moses is up on this hill and he's got his hands raised to heaven. So he's holding his staff up and um, the Israelites are winning the battle. So they're advancing, they're taking ground. But when his hand drops, because I mean, a battle takes long, so to keep your hands up, you get tired, your hands kind of drop, you know? And as soon as his hands dropped, the enemy actually started taking ground, and the Israelites started losing. When his hand was raised, they started taking ground again, and they started winning. And so his friends had to come, and Aaron and some other guy um, actually held his hands up. <laughs> actually held his hands up so that his hand would stay up towards heaven so that they could win the battle. And I think that's such an amazing picture of prayer because that is what happens when we pray, yeah. okay? We, can, we actually, prayer is us partnering with God in order to advance his kingdom. So we can actually see God's kingdom taking ground. We can see breakthrough in our marriages. We can see breakthrough in our families, breakthrough in, in maybe there's people that you've been praying for for years for, um, to get saved breakthrough and victory in those if we just keep our hands raised to heaven because the, the battle isn't won on the field it's not won when you're out there the battle's won in your prayer room the battle's won when you're kneeling in your bedroom before god okay the battle's won on the mountaintop ephesians 6 verse 12 says for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We are in a spiritual battle, and there's certain things that just aren't gonna be won by saying the right words or preaching the right sermon. It's, it needs to be won through prayer. It needs to be fought through prayer. And so I really, I'm excited that if we can catch this, if we can, if God would just give us this burden for prayer, that we can actually partner with him and see his kingdom advancing in this world. The biggest impact we're going to make in this world is going to be through our prayers because mountains move when christians pray my second point today is pray like a princess okay some of you might prefer prince you're welcome to change it i like the way this sounds so i'm going to go with pray like a princess okay when we pray we're actually approaching the king of kings the lord of lords we're approaching the creator of the universe the almighty and so our approach to God matters. And we might think because he's this mighty, powerful God that we need to, you know, we might approach him thinking like, oh, God, I, do, I, just, I don't want to disturb you. I know you're really busy with running the world and stuff, but, you know, I, I have this thing I want to pray for. Like, that, that's not the approach that we have to take. And I'm going to show you why. Because in Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 25, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place, before Jesus died, God's presence was in the Ark of the Covenant. So it was this little box, and God had allowed his presence to fall on that, and they had put that in the temple in the Most Holy of Holies. And there's, there should be a picture that is going to come up this service. There we go. Okay. Um, so you can see behind those curtains is that Ark of the Covenant, and that's where God's presence were. And there were these massive, thick, heavy curtains, um, protecting the people from God's presence because they weren't allowed to enter okay? because of sin. They weren't allowed to enter that place. Only the high priest was allowed to enter once a year on the Day of Atonement, but only after doing a whole bunch of rituals and there was lots of blood going around. It's, you can read Leviticus. <laughs> Exodus. Yes, Exodus. Um, and he could only enter once a year. And there's Actually stories of them tying ropes around we don't know if that's really true, but tying a rope around his ankle just in case he doesn't make it out so they can actually pull his body out um that's that was the only way that the Israelites were able to to experience God was through this high priest once a year in this 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 presence of God. but when Jesus died, he changed all of that. Do you know that the day he died, the moment he died, that curtain um in that that curtain that was Covering or, or the, the presence of God actually ripped in two. So it ripped from top to bottom. And it was God saying, like, I've, I've changed it. Like, it's, you are now able to enter into my presence because of Jesus. Oh, sorry. I think that's amazing. Don't you guys think that's amazing? Like, I think sometimes we don't even realize what Jesus actually did for us. Like, it's huge. We, have, we actually have access to God's presence through Jesus. And in John 16, and I, I love these verses, if you guys wanna read something, if you're not reading something in the Bible, go read John 16 and John 17. It's really such a, I feel like it's almost an insight into Jesus's heart, because you see him praying and you see him speaking, and you actually can see his heart through it. And in, so he's just about to be arrested, um, he knows what's coming, and he's trying to explain to his disciples what to expect. But obviously, they have no clue, okay? So he's, trying to, he's saying to them, like, you're going to mourn. Like, it's going to be sad. You're going to have this period of mourning, but you're going to find joy, okay? You're going, to, you're going to find joy again. And he says to them, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. I can almost see Jesus getting so excited. He's like, guys, you have no idea what's coming. Like you haven't experienced this before. It's, you've had to be separated. You've had to go through people. Now everything is gonna change. When I, when I die, you're actually gonna be able to ask the Father directly. You can use my name. You can. You will be covered through me. You will have access to, your father, and he will grant you your request. So we can boldly come before Jesus, I mean, before God, okay? We can pray like a princess or a prince because we are God's children. We can approach God's throne like his children approaching a father. We don't have to be fearful, okay? There's a holy reverence fear, but we don't have to fear. We don't have to feel like we're interrupting. Okay, God wants to hear our requests. God is waiting for us to enter into his presence. He ripped that curtain. He was saying, I want you to enter my presence. I want you to be close to me. And now we are actually God's temple. So we actually carry his presence with us. So we can pray anytime, anywhere. God is with us. He's waiting. He's going to hear our prayers. So we can pray like a princess. Okay, my third point is use God's word to pray his will. Okay, Pray isn't about getting God to do our will on earth. Prayer is about partnering with God to see his will accomplished on earth. And in Matthew six, you'll see that Jesus actually gives us a model of how to pray. And he says, pray like this. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now he doesn't want us to just recite those words every day. He's saying, here's a template of how you can pray. Here's the heart behind prayer. Pray with this heart. And his heart in this is, is praying for God's name to be seen, God's name to be made holy, to ke- be kept holy in the world, for God's kingdom to come. He wants us to pray for God's kingdom to advance, for God's will to be done as on, in, on earth as it is in heaven. And in 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15, It says and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us so when we're praying god's will he hears our prayers and we can we can know that he's going to answer it it says and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask we know that we have the request that we have asked of him so when we're praying god's will he answers us so how do we know god's will how do we pray god's will we go to scripture okay We use God's word to pray his will. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 6 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. So Paul's saying, pray for all people, pray for kings, pray for governance, because pray for the people that affect your life. <laughs> like, you're affected by decisions that are made outside of your own decisions. Pray for those people, pray for those decisions, because God is, that's actually God's heart. And he's saying like it pleases God when we do that. And God, it pleases God who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. So pray for their salvation, pray that people would see God's truth. This is God's heart. So we can use God's word to pray his will. I'm running out of time. Okay, so in another scripture in John 17, that same verse, go and read it. Okay, he's, it's Jesus is actually praying now and he's praying, he's praying for the disciples, but in the prayer, he actually says, I'm not just praying for you. I'm actually praying for every Christian that's gonna come after you, every disciple that's gonna come because of what you tell them. So he was actually praying this for us. And this is Jesus's prayer. This is his heart in prayer for us. He says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word that is truth. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus' heart for prayer is that we would know him, that we would know his love, that we would be so united with him, that we would be close to his heart. It's, It's also that we would know his truth that we would read his word and see all the good things that God has for us and that we would be made holy by his truth. That's Jesus' heart. So we can pray that heart in prayer for for whoever it is in your world that you're praying for and know, be confident that God is going to answer those prayers. Another great book to go to um, if you're looking for some scriptures to pray is actually Ephesians. Okay, um, Paul, actually, any book that Paul wrote, he, he often starts with prayers or ends with prayers um, that you can actually pray over, your, over the people in your life as well. And I want to read you one, it's in Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 21. He says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirits. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You, may, and, you may, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What a great prayer. Imagine praying that over your kids, over your husband, over your boss, over our government, that we would be made complete in God, that we would know God's love, that we would experience it, even though we can't understand it, that we would experience it. Imagine what could happen in our world if we would commit to praying. Maybe you're like me and you struggle to pray. I'm not... Not the best at pray. My mind goes everywhere <laughs> when I'm trying to pray, and I end up thinking about stuff. And 20 minutes later, you're like, "Whoa, I was praying. How did I plan my whole week?" Like, you know. Um, I just want to give you some quick tips because I'm really wanting to encourage you to set some time aside this week and going forward for prayer. Um, Reese and I have always prayed um, together in the evenings. Sometimes more so in certain seasons than other seasons. But through our marriage, we've tried to stay consistent in praying together every evening. But we've just realized recently that that's not even enough. Like we're tired by the time we go to bed and we end up just like writing off a few prayers that are close to our hearts, but we actually wanna be more intentional about prayer. And so we've just put Wednesday night aside um, to pray for an hour together and be more strategic and more intentional about praying. So actually come with a list Um, pray for specific people, pray for bigger things that are outside of our immediate family, pray for our world, pray for our government, those sort of things. And it's been two weeks, it's going well, I think. (laughs) But we're committed to keep on praying because I really feel like this is something that can change, it can make an impact in our world. So I want to encourage you to maybe... Um, if you're married, um, set a, a night aside to pray together as a couple. Or maybe you've got a few friends that you actually want to meet up with or meet over Zoom with um, on a certain day and time and just pray together. Or maybe at work, there's some other Christians that you work with. Maybe you want to start a prayer meeting on a certain day for half an hour during lunch break that you guys actually pray together. Okay? Maybe it's at school. Maybe you want to get together. Um, after school for 20 minutes with some school friends and actually just pray into certain things. Pray for your school, pray for people. So I want to quickly give you some quick tips for an effective prayer life, so that's something just to help you with that. And the first one is to pray scripture. So go and look for those scriptures that you can pray so that you know that you're praying God's will for that that area. Um, Create a prayer list. If you rock up with nothing, you, it might be a bit harder to, to think through what to pray. So come with some ideas. Journal your prayers. Okay, maybe you, you struggle to focus, Start writing down your prayers. It'll help you to focus as you write them down. And also it's good to look back on. So you might, um, you might want to look back on that in years to come and actually be in, encouraged to see how God has answered those prayers through the years. Okay, walk and pray. If I sit down, my mind goes. So if I'm praying alone, I'll go walk on the beach and pray, or I'll pace up and down my office. Um, So if you struggle to focus, just start walking, okay? You don't have to sit, and there's no posture, physical posture. Okay, we come boldly, and we can just pray. Spend a few minutes in silence. Um, This will help you to actually hear God's heart. Maybe there's a person he wants to lay on your heart. Maybe there's a situation he wants you to pray into. Okay, Ask God, and then sit and listen for a few minutes. Declare God's promises. There's some great promises in Scripture that you can pray over. Make sure you're reading it in context and you know what the deal is, but you can pray those those promises over you and your kids and your family. Um, Pray in tongues. Sometimes God will lay a person on your heart, and you don't know what's happening. You don't know their situation, but you can just pray. You can allow the Spirit to pray for them, and God will answer that. And then lastly, just keep praying. Be consistent in your prayers. Sometimes we get despondent because we don't actually see things happening, but God's got a plan and he's aligning things. You know, we sang that song, even when we don't see it, God's moving. You don't know what God's doing through your prayers that you can't see yet. But I promise you, if you just keep praying, you're gonna have victory in that area. You're gonna see breakthrough. You're gonna see that family member come back to God. Just keep praying. So I want to end off just by praying for you guys, and I actually want to pray some of that prayer that um, from Ephesians three over you. So I want to encourage you just to even stand up if you don't mind now, and if you want to receive this, if you want, if you, and if you want to be, if you want God to give you that gift of a uh, almost like a burden to pray, or if you want God to encourage you, inspire you more towards prayer, if you want God to use you in your life through prayer, you can just raise your hands even at home if you just want to lift your hands up or just sit with your head bowed or yeah. let's just close our eyes and let's let's pray god firstly i just want to thank you for the incredible privilege of being able to come into your presence god thank you for ripping that curtain in half and making a way through jesus for us to have access to your presence thank you god that you love us that it's not just about using us to accomplish things You actually care deeply for each and every single person here. So God, I just want to pray for every person present and every person watching or listening to this. I pray, God, that from your glorious, unlimited resources, that you would empower us with inner strength through your Spirit. I pray, God, that you would make your home in our hearts and teach us to trust you. I pray that Our roots would grow deep into your love and that you would keep us strong i pray god that you would give us the power to understand how high how long how wide and how deep your love is for us i pray that we would experience your love jesus i pray that you would make us complete in your power in the power that comes from you god won't you stir up a passion won't you stir up a conviction to pray? God, and as you do, Father, I thank you that you're going to use us. Thank you, God, that this church is going to be known for the impact that we've made in this, in this world, God, because of our praise, because we've, we've partnered with you to move your hand to make a difference in this world. And God, I just lastly want to just pray for anybody that's here or watching or listening that doesn't know you. God, I thank you that they don't have to do anything, They don't have to be anything. It doesn't matter what they've done, where they're at, how they're feeling. Jesus, you did it all for us. You did it all on the cross. All we have to do is accept your free gift of salvation. So God, I pray that if there's anybody that doesn't know you, God, give them the courage to pray to you right now. Give them the courage to accept your free gift of salvation. To say, God, I believe in you. God, I know that you're real. God, I want to surrender my life to you. I give my life into your hands. I accept your gifts and I thank you for what you've done. Help them to live a life that brings glory to your name. We commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope that you've been encouraged.